Hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus, episode 6. I'm going to be talking about meditation and meditating today. And I've titled this, Are You Wasting Your Time? And so we're going to get into it. First, I want to thank you so much for listening. You know, I just saw this morning, I got an alert from Spotify that this podcast is now number 39 in the religion and spirituality category. And I looked up how many podcasts are in that category, and there's 92,000. For a podcast that's only five episodes old to be in the top 40, you know, we've surpassed Tony Evans and even Craig Groeschel, who's a very well-known, very respected communicator and speaker and pastor of Life Church, and some other well-known podcasts. I'm I'm humbled, and uh, I just want to thank you and... None of this could be possible without you. Literally, we did the fundraiser to get this equipment, you know, like a week and a half ago. And now we're doing it, and now we're in the top 40 out of 92,000 and climbing. Last night, it was we were number 43. This morning, we're 39. So I want to thank you, and I want to invite you quickly to partner with us, if you feel led, through Anchor, uh, the streaming app that we use that pushes it out to Spotify and Apple and all these other apps or through Modern Day. Both of those links are available in my bio. We're asking people to consider donating $5 a month. You can sign up for a monthly gift. That is a cup of coffee every month. And it might not seem like a lot to some, but over time and over the course of this podcast life, however long that is, if we attain more and more listeners, that will add up and really enable us to do what we do. You know, I've said this before, but for those of you who are new, I am an unpaid missionary. I do not work at a a nine to five where I get a check. All of our money comes from you guys and your support, our rent, our food, our gas, everything. And like I just said, even the equipment for this podcast, everything we do is by your generosity. And so if you would consider a small donation of $5 a month, if you feel led, that would greatly enable us to continue making content and funding our ministry. You know, we just flew to Miami. I flew my family. We uh, preached at a revival and, and prayed for people. We saw deliverance. We saw healing, many salvations. It was incredible. Thousands of people were there. And I'll be heading to D.C. tomorrow morning for the March for Life and the National Pro-Life Summit heading to Kansas City two weeks after that. So things are getting pretty busy and all of these trips are funded by your generosity. So I want to thank you for listening and invite you in that. And make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Hit that bell, turn on notifications so that you get updates whenever I post a new episode. Okay, enough of that. Let's get into this. Meditation. Why are we talking about this? Well, this morning I was on Instagram and I saw a very popular figure in the world. I'm not going to name him. It doesn't matter. I think he's a great guy. I don't know if he's saved, but he has a good heart. And he was talking about meditation. He was promoting it. And he said that he had increased his frequency of meditation and the length of time that he would meditate between 2020 and 2021. And was showing the statistics and he would spend hours every day meditating 
And I want to talk about this because there's a place for meditation. It's biblical, but if your focus is wrong, it can actually be demonic. And I want to read a couple of verses before we get into this. Psalm 1, 2, it says this, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Setting the Lord continually before you. Another way to describe meditation. Psalm 63, 6, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Joshua 1, 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Finally, Luke 2.19, But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. You could say that she was meditating on the things that she had heard. These are just some of the verses. There's so many more in regards to meditation. And if you hear my little baby in the background, uh, he is almost two months old and he's going through a growth spurt. So he's crying a lot because he's so hungry. He's eating like every hour, but he's growing so fast. It's crazy. But on the topic of meditation, you know, this made me think when I was reading his post, I had this thought. Meditation can be great. You know, maybe it helps you, you know, quote unquote, center yourself or relax or find peace or get your priorities straight, whatever it is. And those things can be amazing, but listen to this. And remember, I'm a Christian, so my life is not through the lens or through the scope of someone who is not a Christian. I have an eternal view of life because I know that this life on this earth is not the end, it's only the beginning. But what we do in this life matters in eternity. And meditation apart from Christ is a waste of time. You're wasting your time if you're meditating apart from Christ. And I'm going to break that down. I'm not going to just say something like that and leave it. I'm going to tell you exactly why I feel that way and why I believe that that opinion is biblical. Meditating without Christ becomes about self. And if we know anything in the Bible, Matthew 16, 24, self is the first thing we are called to deny. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. Self. Pride. Self-preservation. Self-serving. Self-seeking. It was the first sign of sin in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. They hid from God. God came and said, did you eat from the tree? Yes or no. And Adam, in an attempt to protect himself, he said, it was the woman you gave me. He pushed the blame. Preservation of self, pride, ego. It's the first sign of sin. And we see it in the garden. And every person since then is born with that sin nature and our natural response is to protect self. That's why Jesus says you have to be born again if you want to enter the kingdom of God. Because this sin nature we're born into will not get us there. 
We need to become righteous. We need to be holy. We need to be blameless without sin. And the only way we can attain that righteousness is by grace through faith in Christ alone. But we must deny self. And so if we meditate without Christ, we are simply trying to conjure up some sort of peace, some sort of centering, whatever you want to call it, based on our own abilities, our own rational mind, our own way of thinking. The Bible says that earthly wisdom is sensual. It's driven by senses, by emotions, by feelings. It's sensual and demonic. It's of demons. It's counter to the word of God and to the person of God. Meditation without Christ becomes manifestation, which is demonic. We say we don't need God. I can meditate. I can calm myself down. I can gain my own peace. I can prioritize with my own strength or in my own mind. But the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Now, earthly wisdom is sensual and demonic. We need heavenly wisdom. Meditation without Christ, here's another point, is temporal. It's temporary. It's not eternal. The best thing you can get out of meditating your whole life, apart from Christ, is to have a nice earth experience before you die. And if you don't know Christ then the wages of sin is death, and that is what you will inherit. That's why God sent his son, because he loves us so much. He wanted us to be free from sin so that we would not have to inherit the penalty of sin, which is death, which is eternal separation from God in hell, so that we could have a relationship with God. He sent Jesus to die so that we could know him, so that we could meditate on his word, on his law, on the things of him on what he has spoken, on his nature, on his character, on his faithfulness, on who he is. And we know God because we have seen Jesus, and we know Jesus because we have the Bible, because the Bible says that the word became flesh. Jesus is the word of God. The word doesn't describe Jesus. The word is Jesus. If you read your Bible, you are knowing Jesus and Jesus said this in John 17:3 eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus. We need to meditate on that. Listen, meditation won't save your soul. Meditation won't get you to heaven. Meditation won't forgive your sin. Meditation at best is going to try to make you feel more comfortable. Meditation can calm you down for a time, but if it's apart from Christ, it's temporal. Now I want to speak to Christians specifically. Meditation apart from Christ is wasting your time. You could be growing closer to Christ. You need Him, not a breathing technique, or to be centered to be okay. Now listen, there's going to be people, I'm sure, that dissect this and they soundbite it and they make it sound like I'm saying things that I'm not. I'm not saying breathing techniques don't help. We just gave birth at home on our master bedroom floor with a friend. 
We didn't have doctors. We didn't have pain medication. We didn't have epidurals. We didn't have anything. My wife is a warrior, and she used breathing techniques, but guess what? She wasn't meditating on her breathing techniques alone. Everything was unto Christ. We prayed for a supernatural pregnancy, a supernatural birth. We were meditating. We were listening to worship the whole day while she was in labor and throughout the birth process. We were praying. We were talking to God. She was meditating on God, sustaining her while using her breathing techniques. The Bible says to take every thought captive that presents itself, that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ, and you make it obedient. If you need to get centered, why don't we use the Bible? If you're having intrusive thoughts or if you're experiencing anxiety, the Bible says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. So let's take those horrible thoughts captive. Let's make our anxiety bow to the name of Jesus and let's meditate on the person of Jesus and who he is. Let me ask you a question. Can Christ not center you? Can Christ not calm you? Do you need meditation apart from him? If we are not careful, our meditation will become self-serving. It will be a product of something we are doing without Christ, and that is manifestation. God gets no glory for you calming yourself down. This might sound ridiculous to some of you, but I'm looking at Colossians 3. It says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. Is Christ your life? I don't say this in a prideful way. I I say this with confidence because I am a son that belongs to a heavenly father. Every part of my life is for God. I don't have a part of my life that does not belong to him. Now, if things come up and I, I realize that I haven't given that to God or, or I've been trying to do it on my own or whatever, I get convicted by the Holy Spirit. I repent and I give it to the Lord. Am I perfect? No, I'm not. But every area that I can consciously think of right now belongs to God. I'm talking about my life, my yes, my desires, my will and emotions, my thoughts. Every day, I say, God, they're yours. I take my thoughts captive that don't belong to me, that are coming from the enemy or that my flesh tries to rise up, and I give them to God. My will, my desires for my life, I submit them to God daily, every morning in prayer. My marriage, I give it to God. It's for his glory. I I give him my job. Yes, my desire was to be in ministry, but I was very comfortable in Washington with my family, financially specifically, and we owned a home. Now we're renting. Some people would see that as a step down, but my life doesn't belong to me. I listen to God when he speaks, and I do my best to obey him. But I've given him my job, not my... It's not my will, not my desires, but his. My finances, I give him my finances. I don't just spend however I want. I ask God about spending, and I ask God about a budget, and I ask God about what he wants us to invest in, and I ask God about how to honor him with my giving, and I I try to be as generous as possible because I love God and I want to give him what already belongs to him because how many of you know everything is his? My son, I give my son to the Lord for his desires. 
Are you starting to see what I'm talking about? Everything I can possibly think of consciously, I give it to the Lord. Christ has become my life, and it's not something that I've done on my own, but he changed me six years ago and put a new desire in my heart to follow him, a new desire to read and obey his word. He gave me that desire when I got born again, when I became a new creation. I used to live a life where I had my own life and then I had my Christian thing. That is not Christianity. Now I can say, Christ is my life. Do you meditate apart from Christ? Do you have any area in your life apart from Christ for that matter? Christ is supposed to be our whole life. And he's worth it. And any life apart from him is no life at all. And everything that is not of God is going to fade out. It's going to burn up one day. But the things of Christ will last because he and his kingdom are eternal. And so I want to challenge you to meditate on him always. You know, maybe you do yoga and there's a mixed bag of opinions on yoga. I believe that it's demonic. It was knowingly started as worship to false gods. The positions are inspired by that. There's so many people that do way better teachings than me. There are people that have come out of the new age, that have come out of being high-level yoga instructors that saw the light and God revealed himself to them. They left everything. They're Christians now, and they are vehemently against yoga. But I think about people that do yoga that are Christians and that meditate apart from God. Again, I don't say this to brag. I say this because I used to work out unto myself, and I used to work out listening to whatever I wanted to listen to and for my own desires. Now when I work out, I'm praying and I'm thinking about God, and I I listen to worship music, or I listen to my audio Bible, or I'm listening to a sermon, or I'm listening to whatever. I can't not think about God, and it's not because I'm a super Christian. It's because I love him. I was once lost, and now I'm found. This is the natural response of my heart to having been saved when I was heading for hell and I wanted to kill myself. Now I am filled with his light. I love life because he has given me his life. Are you sold out for God? If you're not, I want to invite you to surrender everything to him. Don't waste your time on things that are temporal when you can be investing in things that are eternal. You know, as we close, I want to teach you how to pray, how to meditate on his word. I remember when I got born again, this was one of the main things that changed my life was knowing how to pray. I think about this. Let's take Colossians 3, for example. I'm going to teach you how to meditate on the word, how to pray the word over yourself. Colossians 3, it says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, not the things that are below. Set your mind on the things above, not the things that are below, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And so I would pray as I read this and I would say, Father, I thank you that I have been raised with Christ. 
I thank you that I will set my mind on the things above, not the things below, but I will seek the things above where you are, Jesus. You are seated at the right hand of God. I thank you that you're seated at the right hand of God because your work is done. You have sprinkled your blood on the mercy seat. You have paid for the sins of the world, and I thank you that you have saved me by grace through faith. I believe in what you've done. Thanks for making me a new creation. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, that there's nothing left for you to do for me to be saved. You are seated. You are seated because the work is complete. And Father, I ask you to use me today. You are seated because you have charged me with going and spreading the gospel. And Lord, I want to burn for you today. I want to pray for the sick and see them healed. I want to cast out demons. I want to preach the gospel. I want to flip this world upside down for you, Jesus, because you have shown me your love. And I want to show that same love to everyone that I meet. You see, I let those few scriptures get into my heart and I began to pray them over myself and then I was led by the Spirit to continue praying. Another verse I think of, Colossians 1.21, it talks about us being alienated and enemies of God, hostile in the wicked works of our mind. Yet now he has reconciled through the flesh of Jesus Christ, through death, that we might be presented to God as holy, blameless, and righteous in his sight, if indeed we continue in the faith. Colossians 1.21. I would pray like this. Father, I thank you. I thank you in Jesus' name that I was once an enemy. I was hostile towards you. My mind was wicked. The, the nature of who I was was sinful, and it was against you. It opposed you. I was your enemy. But Lord... You have reconciled me. You have made me right through the flesh of Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross. Because his blood was shed, you now see me as holy, blameless, and righteous. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you've made me right in your sight. You have made me holy. You have made me blameless. You have made me righteous and above reproach. And Lord, I will continue in the faith because I'm leaning on you, not my own understanding. And I ask you, God, to come and strengthen me. Give me endurance to run this race well. I want to fight the good fight of faith until the very end when I see you and I hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for making me right. And that's how I pray. That's how I read the Bible. As I'm reading, I pray it over myself. I don't just want to read it for information. I want to read it so that there's transformation. And you can pray like that too. And I pray that this podcast helped you see that there's a place to meditate on God and His Word where you're investing in your spirit, man, and you are believing for something that's eternal. Don't just settle for temporal things. Jesus paid way high of a price, way too high of a price for us to live for things that are temporal. Let's invest in the eternal. Let's further the kingdom of God together. We are always going to overcome because Christ lives in us and he has overcome the world. Amen. Hey, listen, if this encouraged you, I'm going to invite you. Share this. Send this to someone. Lift them up. You know, this podcast wasn't too long. I try to keep them between 10 to 20 to 30 minutes at max. I'm thinking about people on a commute. I'm thinking about people at the gym just popping the podcast on and enjoying it without having to commit too much time. So would you consider sharing this? Like it. Whatever streaming platform you're watching on, give it a like. Give it a rate. Give it a review. These things help when it comes to reaching the masses. The more reviews we have, the more likely they are to bump it up in a higher position. As I told you, we're in 
the 39th spot out of 92,000. We will continue to rise as long as you rate and let us know how you are enjoying the podcast. Leave reviews. People can read them. Believe it or not, a lot of people read podcast reviews to see if they want to get involved in one. And when there are reviews saying, hey, this helped me, this helped me in this specific area, this changed my life, this opened my eyes, whatever it is, that is going to encourage more people to come and get free. I don't care that they're hearing my voice or see my name. I want them to get free in Christ. And I believe that's what we accomplished here today with this episode. Listen, I have a book out. It's available on paperback and ebook. So if you've got a Kindle, you can download a copy. It's only $10. That's two cups of coffee. That is nothing. On Amazon, we were encouraged to charge almost double that because of the word count and how many pages. It's almost 200 pages. But I wanted this to be cheap and available. And because it's an ebook, it's available worldwide. So get yourself whatever copy you'd like. Buy a copy for a friend. It's available on Amazon. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's a 63-day devotional that is scientifically proven to increase your faith. Why do I say that? Because Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's a Christian neuroscientist, world-renowned mind expert, has proven that the Bible is true. She proved it through science. The Bible says to renew your mind. She has proven that in 63 days you can actually reprogram your brain. And so I wrote a devotional that's designed to take you from a place of fear and anxiety and worry and doubt to faith. So go check it out. I will always overcome on Amazon. If you're interested in furthering your education, check out Faith International University. It's an incredible school. It's accredited. And it's not just a ministry school. They have business degrees. They have art. They have all kinds of things. Um, sports ministry. Maybe you're interested in being a a chaplain for a team or something like that. There are so many different options. There's a bachelor's, master's, PhD programs. And the best part is that it's a flexible schedule. You get assigned your work. You get assigned your classes. It's due at the end of the week. You pick when you go to school. You pick when you do the work. It's amazing. Check out faithiu.edu. You won't be disappointed. Listen, we have a stadium event that my ministry team, my mission team, is putting on September 3rd. One Voice Student Missions, Lou Engel, Upper Room, Dallas, Texas, September 3rd. Absolutely free. We are calling on 50,000 youth and parents to come for this historic event. I am personally calling on 1,000 youth and parents from each state. Will you come and represent your state for this historic event. Listen, 60 years ago, the courts removed prayer from schools. They took God out of schools. We are believing that that will be reversed. We are going to meet for a day of prayer and worship. We are going to rally and believe that something in the heavens is going to shake because we are doing something about it here on the earth. If you want to follow me for more content, I put out tons of videos on my TikTok and Instagram at Shane.Winnings, and my YouTube is really exploding right now. If you don't want to get TikTok or Instagram, I post those videos on YouTube as well, along with a video version of this podcast and other full-length sermons and teachings. You can check that out at Shane Winnings. Just search for my name. And finally, let's pray. I always want to end with praying for healing. So if you have a need in your body, I want you to just hover your hand over that area, and we are going to pray right now and believe that God will touch you.
So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you that you love every person that's watching and listening right now. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak healing over their body in Jesus' name. I command every sickness, every disease, every limitation, all pain, get out right now in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Fill the room that they are listening in. Fill them, Holy Spirit. Cleanse them from the inside out. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen.